everybody in the rental industry. This is Chris Wood here today with Chad Hislop. He's the Director of Product Management for Genie. Hi, Chad. How are you doing? I'm, I'm doing great. Glad to be here. Well, I'm glad we got to catch up. Um, before we were talking, I was uh, I was in Redmond, Washington at, at the Genie uh, factory, and you were telling me just kind of how things were really picking up. One of the big stories, of course, is the ANSI standards that are that are taking effect. People have known about them for years, but it seems like that's really what the focus is now. I was wondering if you could kind of just give us kind of the lay of the land, what, what people in the industry are thinking. Yeah, so, you know, like you talked about, uh, for several years we've been talking about the new ANSI standards. Um, it took a little while uh, to get going, um, but it did publish last December, and uh, it has a one-year grace period for the manufacturers to be producing to the new standards. And so, uh, coming this December, so only a few months away now, uh, all manufacturers will be producing to the new ANSI standards. Um, and that means some pretty significant changes to the way uh, the machines behave in the field. Uh, everyone kind of can see that coming now. And, and so people are really curious and asking us questions about uh, what that means for them and, and what's really going to be different about the machines. So what's kind of your response? Like, what does it mean? Yeah, so, so let's talk a little bit about what the new ANSI standards really mean. And I think there's a couple, there's a couple big things that, uh, that will affect everyone and we need to be paying attention to. Uh, okay. the, first one, the first one would be load sense. Um, so uh, with the new standard, the majority of uh, mobile elevating work platforms will now require load sense in the basket. Um, and, so, and so this means that the machine will be monitoring the weight in the basket, and if you exceed the manufacturer's rated load in the basket, it will cut out the engine, it will cut out lift operation, and it will cut out uh, drive operation. And so uh, really I think we're going to see a big focus on uh, capacities of machines. And so, uh, you know, Genie machines, we're increasing our capacity from 500 pounds to 660 pounds as a standard capacity on the majority of our booms. Um, and then also giving a secondary capacity of 1,000 pounds. And so really uh, uh, big changes to the machines uh, and the, on the Genie side, you'll see the logo XC or extra capacity across most of our booms now um, to give this extra capability because uh, now the machine will be cutting out when you hit capacity, and so we wanted to move that capacity up so people could, could really continue doing their work. Makes perfect sense. I mean, so from an operating standpoint, uh, how, how is that different? I mean, is that really a big change when, when you're up there and you exceed 500? Yeah, yeah, I mean, I mean, absolutely. So in the current machines built today for the current ANSI standard, right, it was the operator's responsibility to monitor the load and make sure they were not exceeding that rated load. Most machines in the current ANSI standard for most manufacturers top out at 500 pounds. Um, if you take the weight of two average men uh, with steel toes on and harnesses on and tools to do the job, I think it's with everything else. How you, yeah, yeah, and everything else. It's it's pretty easy to see how you could exceed 500 pounds. But today, the machines wouldn't cut you out. They wouldn't stop you from operating. You would still be able to to keep working, even though you're really exceeding what the manufacturers had rated the machine for. Yeah. There's like an yeah. alarm or, or a signal of some kind that goes off, but nothing. the machine doesn't actually nothing. cut out. Oh, nothing. Got no, it. There's, 
There's actually no alarm or signal, no load sense whatsoever on today's machines. But going forward, um, machines are required to have a load sense system, and again, that load sense system will cut you out if you exceed the capacity. And so, really, we looked at it and said, you know, we kind of have two options. We can ask people to change the way they're doing the work, or we can change the machines to allow people to continue doing the work they're doing today. And and Genie took that second approach, and that's why you see the extra capacity on Genies now uh, coming out into the new standard is because uh, we we know that people are exceeding 500 pounds, and, um, and we want to make sure the machines are still able to do that work and maybe even add some extra capability on top of that. Uh, what kind of extra capability? So, so right now, a, a current machine, um, like an S65, is, again, rated for 500 pounds and two people. But with the new standard and, and really the redesign of the machine to go with this 660,000-pound capacity, uh, we're giving the ability to lift three people on this S65. And so we figured while we were there and while we were redesigning the machine, let's, let's take it up a notch. And so now on S65, with a jib, uh, you can lift up to three people on 1,000 pounds. There you go. I mean, are there any other um, aspects? And you mentioned load sense, but like in terms of accommodating for the standards, some yeah, other yeah. things you're letting people know in the industry. Yeah, so load sense would be the first big one that we all need to be paying attention to. Um, I think uh, wind loading on scissors, specifically slab scissors, is going to be the second big one. Currently, right now, the way the ANSI standards work, um, this you don't have to necessarily accommodate uh, with specific calculations for wind. Um, ANSI really has one big safety factor calculation for a slab scissor. Well, the new way in which they're uh, doing the stability, specifically on slab scissors, means that you're going to see indoor and outdoor rated slab scissors. And, uh, I, you know, that's going to be a big change as well. We're used to um, having lightweight slab scissors that we can take anywhere. Um, and really going into the new standard, um, you're going to have to make a choice as to whether you go for a heavier slab scissor that's outdoor rated or you have a lighter weight slab scissor that's indoor rated. Chad, what sense do you get um, in terms of the direction that people are going with that then? Do they want the, the heavier so that they can go outdoor have that option? Well, so, you know, again, we we tried to look at this and say, okay, uh, what's the best for our customers? Um, We don't want to force customers to manage uh, indoor and outdoor fleets. We think that's an added level of complexity that they, you know, really don't want or need. Um, But we also don't want to burden them with really heavy slab scissors um, that, uh, uh, you know, have floor loading problems on sensitive floors, um, but also add a lot of cost and weight to the machine as well. And so, what Genie tried to do was, was, was again, take a, a maybe a different approach. And so what we've done is done two different uh, lift heights for all of our slab scissors. And so essentially, uh, you can have full lift, full capability inside. So on a 1930, you'd be able to go to 19 feet uh, indoors. But then if you take the machine outdoor, in order to make it so that we didn't have to add a whole bunch of weight and cost to the machine, the, our outdoor rating is, is slightly lower. So it's 14 and a half feet outdoor uh, with the machine and, and the full 19 feet indoor. So that's another way to compromise then. Maybe you can go indoor and outdoor and just add a little lower height, but not much compromise there. It, exactly, exactly. And so we, we tried to, again, try to really look at the way users use machines and the way rental uh, houses uh, manage their fleets and said, how can we make this um, to really give them the best of both worlds 
uh, without having to add a whole bunch of extra costs or complexity to the machine. So we're pretty excited for our approach on uh, the slab scissors, and we think we think it really has the ability to kind of, like I said, give the uh, users and the rental companies kind of the best of both worlds without a big compromise one way or the other. Best of both worlds. How about the difference, uh, you know, around the world, Chad? I mean, you told me you traveled all over the place uh, and really have a sense. I, I wonder if you could uh, give our readers kind of the benefit of that. You know, I mean, are there differences in China versus India where, where what people are looking for? Yeah, so, um, the, you know, the standards were, were pretty uh, different around the world uh, before this. Now, really, with these new changes to ANSI and CSA, what we're really going to see is a harmonization of the machines across the world. And so, essentially, we're going to have one machine that works well for the whole world. There's still going to be differences in engines, and there's still going to be some minor differences in decals and some minor settings. But essentially, uh, uh, we're going to be able to really have a, a fully integrated system uh, in the machine that works uh, worldwide, and and that's part of what's able to uh, allow us to go with these new scissors and with the new XC booms is because instead of having a bolt-on system to do some of these things, we're integrating it into the full control system of the machine. So the machines are getting smarter, and they're allowing us to to really optimize the design better uh, because we don't have to build the one design for the U.S. and one design for the rest of the world. Um, you mentioned engines just now, so what's kind of the changes? that direction. Um, it, in terms of like emissions and things, my understanding that uh, Europe is a little bit more regulated? Yeah, so um, uh, the U.S. Uh, went to Tier 4 final in 2012, and uh, it had a pretty significant change to most of the engines um, for uh, for the U.S. And, and really, um, we've stabilized on that, and, and those engines are working really well now. Um, what we're seeing is Europe now uh, wanting to push their engines from stage 3B to stage 5. Um, and stage 5, uh, you can think about it as uh, really tier 4 final with a DPF added to the engines. And so um, uh, we're, we're really in the final phases right now of implementing stage 5 for Europe, uh, again, which is, which is kind of the next level beyond tier 4 final for the U.S. And then right on the heels of stage 5 will be China 4, uh, which is kind of a mix between uh, the U.S. tier 4 regulations and European stage 5, depending on horsepower category class. And so different regulations around the world certainly right now, but, uh, but using very similar technologies, uh, maybe just uh, uh, one or two uh, differences between them. I mean, do you see that kind of as a harmonization as well, kind of going, you know, at, at some point down the road? Yeah, I mean, um, one of the things that, that really holds uh, us back from harmonizing diesel engines around the world is uh, fuel quality. And so uh, these new, more advanced engines uh, don't do very well with high sulfur diesel fuels. And so um, really, you know, places like South America, uh, Africa um, really have to jump up in their fuel quality before they can move to the new better engines. Um, so that's part of the problem. The other question really will will be, will we harmonize on engines around the world before we just move straight to electric? And, and you know, your bet is as good as mine on that, but we are starting to see some countries or even major cities signal that they're, they're not going to allow diesel in, in 10 years. And so I think that's another interesting way this goes. Uh, we'll we'll kind of see how it goes. 
Um, certainly, Genie's ready to go. We're working on on our hybrid and and electric technology right now as well. And so, you know, um, we'll be set up to succeed no matter where we go with engines, uh, whether it means running the rest of the world tier three engines in some countries, running stage five in Europe, or tier four final in the U.S. Uh, we're, we're really ready to go no matter which way we go. There are some electric engines that Genie is producing. Is that correct? Yeah, so um, we actually have what I'll say is the leading uh, electric uh, machine right now in the industry, um, our Z60FE, um, which is powered by four direct drive AC motors uh, at the wheels. And really, I think the key when we think hybrid or we think kind of next level propulsion systems, it's not just about the engine anymore, it becomes the entire drive system. Our typical hydraulic drive systems uh, in the industry bleed about 40% of the horsepower to heat as they go from the back of the engine to the wheels. And, and really, it's tough to get good reduction in, in, in your engine system if you still have this really inefficient drive system. And so what we've found is by going to a direct drive AC drive system, you can uh, reduce that that inefficiency to about 5%. And so I can go from a 40% inefficient system to a 5% inefficient system, and that's really the secret then to be able to move the, the, the machine to more of a battery-powered machine and still get the performance that we would typically see on, on these big diesel engine machines. And so our Z60 FE actually outperforms Big Brother, the Z62, which runs a full-size diesel engine uh, and, and four-wheel drive hydraulics. So uh, it, it's coming. The capability is there. Um, I think everyone was kind of afraid of the word hybrid. You know, we think Toyota Prius. Um, but I think, uh, okay. you know, we've got to think about it more like an F-150 crossed with a Tesla, you know. You know, what we're seeing that electric drive can give you really better performance than, than IC can in the first place. So, but, Really exciting things to come there on the electric drive forefront, I think. Yeah, great to uh, really get an update on that. And anything else just that, that you've heard, um, mission load sets yeah. and, and, and the wind? Yeah, yeah. So, so one more major thing coming with the new standards um, really mm -hmm. has to do with the, the operator training. And, and this is one of the things that, you know, we've been very focused on machines uh, in the industry uh, over the last year, trying to get ready for the new standards. But the operator training is changing pretty significantly as well. And so um, if you haven't been operator trained to the new standards, you will need to update your operator training um, uh, based on, on kind of some of the, the new pieces of the standard in the operator training. And so that means every operator out in the field right now needs to be retrained. And, and I think that's a big deal that if, if people aren't paying attention to that, uh, uh, it could be a pretty big surprise for them coming in December. Not only do the operators have to be trained now, but also the supervisors on the job site and the occupant riding with the operator in the boom basket has to have uh, a level of training done. And so, you know, before, if I was fully trained and driving the machine and you were riding with me, maybe to go up and do some work on the side of a building, you didn't need to have training, and now you do. And so, really, uh, on the job sites, uh, you know, the biggest thing for the safety guys on job sites is going to be making sure not only do all the operators have updated training, but making sure the occupants have the training uh, that's required and the supervisors on the job site have the training that's required. 
And how is that message getting out? Who's well, yeah, I mean, uh, Jeannie's been trying to really educate people in the field since we learned of these changes. Um, so every time uh, we're out talking to customers, we're talking about not just the machines, but also the training. We also have a crew of guys that d- does operator training. Every single week, they're out in the field with customers, with end users doing that training. But to be honest, you know, I don't think, I, I think this is maybe one of the things that people are least aware of right now. And sure. um, it's going to be a big deal because this is required by the standard starting in December. You talked about, you know, meeting the customer's needs, and that would, I would think, play a big part in that in, in making sure because, as you said, it's, it's important how the operators and supervisors, if, if they need to be trained, to make sure you get that done. Yeah, for sure. And, and um, you know, in part of that, obviously, I mean, that's thousands of people uh, that are that will need to be trained. And so we've got several different options available for that. Um, we've got our in-person training, like I talked about a second ago. We've also mm-hmm. got Train the Trainer program so that we can, you know, train uh, guys locally, and then they can then they can then spread the training. We also have an online training program as well. And so um, if, if you don't have time to attend a session and you want to do the training at home, uh, that's all, all also available. And so uh, we, we've kind of got three options for that. And uh, uh, definitely more information on, on Jeannie's website, uh, JeannieLift.com, uh, if, if anyone's interested. Yeah, I was wondering about that. Yeah, uh, the, the digital component sounds like the information is accessible and, and the training is possible there. So. Yeah, and, and it, what, what it does do is it provides a really consistent training platform for everyone. So everyone's getting the same level of information. You do have to take some tests as you go through to make sure you're comprehending. It takes two to four hours to do, so it's not just a, a few slides and you call it good. It, it, it's real legitimate training that gets you uh, ready to go to operate these machines. It does require a hands-on portion afterwards, um, but you can get that done at any of the rental yards uh, that rent uh, our machines. So it's not just training for Genie machines. It's really training for aero work platforms in general. And so, again, trying to make sure that, the, uh, you know, all the operators out there are trained to use these machines safely. We think it's, it's really it's the biggest key to safety at the end of the day is, is making sure to have trained operators in the machines. Great. Well, yeah, it's good to know. And um, so just to, in some chat, you were saying that, you know, falls are usually pretty busy for you. How busy is this fall for you? Yeah, I mean, it's it, it's been busy. I think, um, you know, stage five for Europe um, uh, mixed with with uh, the new ANSI changes coming out for the U.S. And then, and then really, you know, we're fleet planning for next year with all of our major customers. Um, and, then, and then we've got a lot of new products that we're excited about launching coming um, in the trade show season that's, you know, just around the corner here in February and March. So, um, you know, a lot to do, uh, a lot of excitement out there right now, and um, just, just excited to make uh, new gear that uh, uh, can really keep, keep pushing the industry forward. Well, there were already a couple of new uh, products that uh, we covered on uh, on ForConstructionPros.com. So everybody stay tuned, and there will be more in February. Perfect. Yeah, you bet. Yeah, it was great catching up. Thanks for having some time for the podcast, and uh, we'll be in touch. All right. Thank you so much. And thanks, everybody, for listening. Again, you can find out more at ForConstructionPros.com. Thanks, everybody, for listening.